0: hello and welcome to creative lives the lecture in progress podcast lecture in progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry this podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are our guest this week is Samir Hussein.
1: So my name's Samir Hussein, and I'm a photographer.
0: You might not know it, but you've probably already seen some of Samir's work. Having photographed everyone from A-list celebrities to the royal family, Samir's pictures have been used on everything from the front pages of newspapers to TV stills and even an Australian postage stamp.
1: I specialise in photographing the royal family. And when I'm not doing that, I photograph the biggest entertainment events so that can be everything from music portrait shoots fashion and red carpet events so events like the Cannes Film Festival and things like Glastonbury.
0: First Samir tells us about the variety of places his work has been used and talks us through his relationship with his agent Getty Images.
1: Essentially it's press photography so I'm providing images to the media to Newspapers, magazines, websites, and TV stills as well. So those pictures are used worldwide in the media. I also do some commercial work, so my work is also used for some advertising. There's lots of many uses for my pictures. And how it normally works is my images are syndicated through the agency that I have a contract with, which is Getty Images. So they sell my pictures around the world and I then get royalties every time that picture is used. I collaborate with them so when I need to get passes for stuff they they allow me to use their name and stuff like that so a lot of the music I do through them and I send them a list of all the gigs I want to shoot in the upcoming months and they will help me contact the PRs and the management and get accreditation so it's, it's a bit of both to be honest it's a bit of through my own name and a bit of using them so I work closely with them. And on top of that, I have a number of clients that will pay me set fees for assignments.
0: With an unpredictable working schedule, Samir explains just how varied his day-to-day can be, and why being flexible is so essential to the job.
1: A week or so ago, I was shooting a gig with Shania Twain. I was actually asked by her management just to shoot her official tour photo, so I was the only photographer allowed. So when I'm doing music and stuff like that, you know, I won't start till till quite late, and then often a lot of my jobs or film premieres, that kind of thing. They will be in the evening, so I won't be physically taking pictures during the day. Last week I was doing pictures for the Kingdom Choir, which were the choir that played at the Royal Wedding of Harry and Meghan. And I had to be at the Royal Albert Hall at at 7 a.m. But then that evening I was shooting a film premiere uh, with Lady Gaga, The Star Is Born. So I then had to go to Leicester Square Got there about an hour, I guess, before the premiere started. At about five o'clock, shot the red carpet, and then had to edit. So I was editing uh, right into the night. So I probably finished about two or three a.m. So it's very varied. Uh, another example, again, completely different. I'm about next week. I'm going on the royal tour with Harry and Meghan to Australia and New Zealand, Fiji and, and Tonga. So that will be very intensive. No days off. And when I'm not shooting, that gives me the opportunity to sit down and get on with planning the next shoots and admin and everything that's required from a freelance photographer to, to run a business. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly balancing work and and private life. You know, you could have arranged to meet up with some friends or have something arranged with your family and a job comes in and you have to cancel last minute. So you never really know exactly when you're going to have free time because that can change very quickly. It's not nine to five at all. you know.
0: The job has taken him abroad to countries far and wide and landed him in some pretty extraordinary circumstances. He tells us more. Well, what
1: sticks out from the past year is actually, if we're talking yeah, the last 12 months, I'd say is the journey of Harry and Meghan. I was lucky enough to be at the Invictus Games exactly a year ago, pretty much, which was the first time Harry and Meghan were seen together in public in an official capacity. And I was one of the few photographers there to capture that. They were watching the wheelchair tennis, and they came out together hand in hand. We were only told about that a few minutes before that they were actually going to come out together. And that was a huge moment, because that's the first time they'd been photographed in an official capacity. So that was, you know, having photographed the roles for many years, that was a really, really exciting, exciting moment. And those pictures were used everywhere around the world. And then subsequently from that, that very quickly led on to the announcement of their engagement. So I was lucky enough to be at Kensington Palace when they came and I photographed them in the gardens of Kensington Palace. And then obviously that led on to um, the Royal Wedding and now their first uh, official tour. I've visited some amazing countries and stuff, but I think what one thing that sticks to mind though is I was in Nigeria in Abuja and they'd put on a, a, a big concert and a fashion show there and invited many big artists, including Jay-Z and Rihanna and Naomi Campbell and stuff like that. But the, the organization behind it was was really, really haphazard that the concert that was meant to be shooting had already got underway. I wasn't there because they hadn't arranged the proper transport and stuff. And there was a few of us, including fashion designer Oswald Boateng, who was meant to be there as well. So we were all traveling by bus through the streets of Abuja. I remember like, the bus stopping because there was fire going on all around us and stuff, and it looked like there's some kind of riot going on, just as we were trying to get to the stadium to, to photograph the event. And um, I was like, well, this is pretty scary. But Oswald Boateng was there, immaculate in a suit. He got off spoke to all the locals, cleared the way, they all got out of the way. And then we got into the arena or the stadium where the concert was going on. But it was so crowded, I couldn't actually get round to the front of the stage to photograph the acts. So I think it was Mary J. Blige was performing at the time. And the only way we could get there is like was actually to walk across the stage. So I had to literally the armed guards actually took me across the stage right in front of her when she was performing and got me to the front of the stage, because there's no way to get through the crowd. So that was just a bizarre situation.
0: Shooting with a reporter's view, Samir describes how to make the best out of uncontrollable situations, and learning to anticipate when the ideal shot might take place.
1: I studied journalism at Southampton, did my degree there, and looking back on it, I think it gave me a really good insight to, uh, you know, how the media works. I still work. lot with newspapers and magazines and the same principles are true really if you're uh, a photographer or a journalist it needs to illustrate they're talking about i mean Sometimes people just look at the, you know look at the photo and that says everything. So when I'm taking pictures, my pictures are used in quite a few different scenarios. So it could be in newspapers or, or magazines or, or websites and stuff like that. So I'm using, looking to get on any job a good selection of pictures. So it's not just necessarily pictures of. You know, I'll take the example of the royals of them you know looking happy and smiling. You know there can be times when you want them looking a bit more a bit more somber because that will illustrate a story that they're talking about. You don't know what the journalists necessarily are going to be writing about or what stories might crop up in the months to come. So you're looking for a broad section that shows, I guess, different emotions and stuff like that. It can be very challenging because you don't have a lot of the people I'm photographing are very high-profile, you know, from royalties to A-list celebrities, especially with the royals, you can't ask them to move and stand over here and stuff like that. You have to shoot it more from a reportage type of point of view. So you can't often come away from an engagement not getting exactly what you want, but you with them for, for half an hour photographing different things, but it all comes down to two seconds when one of them might look at the other one and give like a cheeky little smile and you learn when these moments are about to come you can kind of foresee it and that comes with experience that there might be a moment or you could there might be a moment where they can for example they're doing a walkabout they're meeting members of the public and you can see a little baby a bit further along and you think okay they're they're probably going to react to this baby they're probably going to interact with it in some way so you just learn to see these moments but it's not always possible to get...
0: When shooting, Samir makes sure to capture a broad selection of photographs that can have both short and long-term uses for a variety of markets.
1: When I'm taking pictures, I'm thinking of a number of markets. So the first thing is to get out the pictures very quickly, um, that websites, just as, you know, the mail online and stuff like that will pick up straight away. So it's about getting some really, really quick pictures up, which is essentially If you're talking about Harry and Meghan, that's probably like a fashion shot about what she's wearing. But then I'm also looking at long-term pictures, pictures that will hopefully be used for years to come because I get royalties for for my pictures. I'm looking for for long-term pictures that can be used again and again and again. So then I'll also be looking for maybe some tighter portraits and stuff like that that can be used for magazine front covers for example or a wider picture for a double page spread in magazines so there's many different markets and they require different kinds of pictures so my first job's in photography yeah i'd been working for a year as a journalist moved to london and got a job with a small celebrity photo agency called all action i've then go out and shoot smaller engagements by the by the royals ones that other people didn't really want to cover, just to get my name out there and start building relationships with the Palace Press teams and stuff like that, and it just, it just built up from that. When I was starting out, I think one thing that really springs to mind that took my work to the next level blew things up for me was the engagement of William and Kate. And I was lucky enough to be invited down when they announced the engagement to Clarence House. It's one of a few photographers that was there and got shots of them together, showing off the ring and stuff like that. And those pictures were used everywhere, really on the front pages of national papers and around the world in the upcoming days. And that was the level of interest. After that, it just spiralled and it became huge. And I think it was then that I realised that actually You know, people around the world have got a huge interest in the British royal family, and I'm quite a similar age to these guys, so this is something I can continue to do, to document them on their journey for for many years to come. You end up sort of specialising, and you have to specialise, I think, to make a real success of it. And it was never planned, but it's just what I've fallen into, and, um, yeah, I love it. I think there's a certain responsibility with with. With shooting everyone, whether that be the royal family or A-list celebrities or even like lesser known people is essentially I'd have to go in with the mindset that I just want to get the, the most beautiful, the best pictures I can about them. I'm not interested in making them look bad because I want to have a relationship with them. I want to work with them for years to come. That's how it works. A big thing of what I do and what's been successful for me has been that level of trust. So I, I can be brought in by management and by the people that run their press teams and they can trust me to know I'm going to take hopefully good pictures but not put out pictures that that show them in an unflattering light. And I don't want to do that. I want to take the best pictures that show them in the the best light and beautiful pictures. That's what I want to hopefully, you know, become known for.
0: Talking about the skill set required for his line of work, for Samir, a practical understanding of technical equipment is just as essential as people skills.
1: I think the things that are essential to doing the kind of photographer that I do is, well, first and foremost, you've, you've got to understand your camera and really get to master you know, the camera. So learn how to shoot in manual mode, learn about things like depth of field, the background you're using, which lenses to use for different assignments, and really master that so you can... Trust your skills in any situation, and trust your camera in any situation that you're put in. That takes time, you know. That's taken me years to fully learn that and to fully understand it. And you always continue to learn. But I think don't be scared to to put it in manual mode and really experiment. Another thing that I think is essential as a photographer is to learn about light and understand light. I think that's crucial to any kind of photography you're doing. You know, natural light, like learn how the sun affects the shadows on people's faces, learn about shooting at different times of the day, shooting in an overcast situation, learning to shoot in golden hour, so at sunset or or sunrise, and the difference that makes beautiful soft light. And then when not using available natural light, learn about all kinds of lighting equipment, so flash guns, soft boxes, stuff like that, because great photography is all about light non-technical stuff i think what is absolutely crucial is it's just people skills and learning to get on with people from from different backgrounds and being very adaptable in my line of work i have to deal with many different backgrounds from royalty to the fashion world to music people and it's all quite different and finally i think it's very important to have a strong desire for your your photos to really stand out you know, there's there's millions of photographers out there. And how do you make your pictures stand out? And I think that comes down to desire, passion and hard work, and really uh, eking out a route for yourself to make your pictures stand out.
0: Finally, Samir advises emerging photographers to focus on gaining practical experience and finding ways to get their photos out into the real world.
1: I'm a big believer that... Um, to be a great photographer you either have a natural eye or or you don't there's lots of things that can be taught you can be taught a lot of technical stuff and you can be taught about composition and, and lighting of course you can but I think you either have a, a natural eye for it or you don't and that can make you stand out and become a, a great photographer and it's, it's stuff that people can't teach you but I've never done any, any formal photography training. So for somebody that wants to get into similar line as a photographer, as myself, I would say first and foremost, go out and shoot at every opportunity. I, I think it's one of those skill sets that you just, cannot beat going out there and shooting getting the practical experience you can you know sit and learn all you want about photography in a room and and, and there's lots that can be learned but i think nothing can be going out there and and shooting and, and experimenting you need to go out there and speak to different agencies to different publications find revenue best suits your pictures so you can get you can start getting income from it and you really need to work at that and and find out different ways you can sell your pictures finally i think one of the really crucial things is study the best photographers in the genre that you would like to go into and compare your pictures to theirs it's Massively competitive photography and you need to stand out. Set your standards really, really high and be really, really honest to yourself. And just saying, don't settle for second best. Look at the best in that genre and think, that's what I need to be as good as them or I need to be better. And how am I going to achieve that? And don't stop until you get to that level and learn what it takes to get to that level where you can be the best. It's so competitive. You've got to look at being the best.
0: This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Marianne Hanoon, and the guest was Samir Hussein. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand partners. They include Us Two, GF Smith, the Paul Smith Foundation, and Google. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com.